Alright, well Malachi chapter 1. Malachi chapter 1. I'm going to read a few verses for you this morning. And then I'm going to preach a message that might be a little unusual. I guess most of my messages are a little unusual. But I want to illustrate something to you today. Something that is going on in our culture that we all can probably relate with. That we all, let's just admit, we're going to have to admit we're a part of. But I believe this, uh, what's in our culture right now, it's carried over even into our churches. And, and that's a shame. That shouldn't happen. But let's read Malachi chapter 1 and verse 6. It says, A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear, saith the Lord of hosts unto you, O priest that despise my name? And you say, Wherein have we despised thy name? Ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar. And you say, Wherein have we polluted thee? And that ye say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee? Or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? And now I pray you beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. This hath been by your means. Will he regard your person, saith the Lord of hosts. One of the practices that they had back then or they were supposed to have back then, whenever they sacrificed anything to God, they were always supposed to give the best that they had. I mean, it had to be the best lamb without spot, without blemish. And sometimes they would just get lazy or they would get cheap and like, I don't want to offer that lamb or I don't want to offer that goat. That's a good one. I can get a lot of money for that. And they would go give them a crippled one. Or, or the blind, and God said, I mean, you despise my name and doing that. God deserves the best in everything that we have. He deserves the best. And then, so I say all that, and we'll kind of talk about that a little more later. But right now, this might seem kind of off subject and off, not uh, normal for church, but I've talked about doing this before. I probably never will unless I had you know, actually had the money uh, to do it and the time to waste on it. But, I want to tell you all about my plan for starting a new restaurant here in town. I want to start a new restaurant here in town. I haven't decided what to call it yet. You know, McMurtry's, that sounds a little too full of myself or anything like that. You know, we'll call it maybe Liberty, Liberty Restaurant. We'll name it after the church. That's a little, that's a little better. But this new restaurant that I'm planning on starting and building, we're going to build it on the edge of town, you know, so it's close, but it's kind of outside of town, but that way we can have plenty of room because at this restaurant, we're raising our own cows for the meat. We're raising our own pigs, and we're not feeding. We're going to feed them good stuff. I mean, good corn-fed cattle. I mean, we're going to raise our own chickens, and we're going to take good care of them. We're not. Have you ever watched some of these food documentaries that are out there? I tell you, if you ever want to go on a diet, watch a good food documentary, and they will scare you to death. I mean, I've watched some of these, and I won't eat at McDonald's for like a whole week. That's how after a week I get over it. But I mean, it'll it'll straighten you out for a little while. But I'm telling you, it's disgusting. I watched one about McDonald's and their chickens. Oh my goodness, I didn't eat chicken nuggets for like two weeks after seeing that. But anyway, we're not doing none of that here. We're going to take care of these. Are going to be good animals. We're going to grow all our own vegetables for this restaurant. All organic, no pesticides. I mean, it's going to be only the best. This restaurant, we're going to have the highest standards of cleanliness possible. I mean, it's going to be clean. 
Uh, you could go into the kitchen and it's not going to gross you out like it would in a lot of restaurants you've been to. We're going to have the best workers there because we are going to start our workers out at $15 an hour. That's a starting pay for all of our restaurant workers. So guess what's all the, the best workers from all these other restaurants that are getting paid the minimum wage? Guess what? They're all going to want to come work. They're going to want to come work at the Liberty Restaurant. All the food is going to be healthy, organic, no soda, no salty foods, nothing like that. Now somebody tell me, you think a restaurant like that is going to make it? Why not? Everything I said about it is great. Haven't you all complained before when you've gone to restaurants and they're all dirty in there? Hey, I went to Kentucky Fried Chicken one time back when we lived in LaSalle. And let me tell you, their food was great, but that restaurant was disgusting. You stuck to the seats. There was like an imprint of your behind on the seats after you got up because that place was just so covered in grease. I mean, your feet stuck to the floor. It was nasty in there, but their food was good. And I can overlook a lot of foods good, but it was just ridiculous. I filled out one of those comment cards. I said all the stuff about the food, I gave it the best marks. All the stuff about cleanliness, I gave it the worst marks. At the end of it, I said, I highly recommend, I said, your food here is great, but I highly recommend that you burn this place down and just rebuild new. I'm not kidding. The next week we drove by there, that place was gone. They tore it down and they rebuilt it. I don't know if it had anything to do with what I said, but I sure took credit for it. <laughs> and I've always taken credit for it because it was, see, that place was nasty. We've all complained about that. You'd like it if the restaurants were clean. Have you ever gotten aggravated at some of the workers before? Let me tell you, I worked at McDonald's for a while. When I was 16, I got a job at McDonald's. And let me tell you, that I worked with some gems there. And uh, I've been there before where it's like, you know, you can look at these workers like, no cheese. And they just look at you like, what? It's like, yeah, no cheese. I don't like cheese. Please do not put cheese on my sandwich. And they can't figure it out. Okay, well, we're not having any of those people in my restaurant. If somebody says no cheese, there's not, we might not even have cheese at my restaurant because. It's not healthy and it's gross. But why don't you think a restaurant like that would make it? So just throw out an answer. Too much money. You know how expensive a restaurant like that would be? If we're paying our workers $15 an hour starting, I mean, lowest pay scale, $15 an hour, if we've got to go out and, you know, if we're, you know, raising our own food like that, I mean, it takes a long time. You know why Walmart or not Walmart, uh, McDonald's? I mean, they have they they give all their animals all these rapid growth hormones and things. You know why? Because we eat a lot of chicken nuggets, and animals don't grow fast enough for us. And for as fast as as fast as we eat them, it would be expensive. There's going to be long waits for the food. It's going to take a little longer to make good food like that. It's, it's not going to happen quick. You're not going to be able to walk in and walk out. You know. Then the truth is, the fast food restaurants are going to put me out of business. Why? They're a lot cheaper, aren't they? They're a whole lot cheaper. They're a lot more convenient, aren't they? I mean, boy, you can just go in, get out. I mean, quick, sometimes. Unless you get some of those gems working there that keep you in there. I mean, but think about it. I, you know, I was in a drive-thru yesterday, and I was in there for like 10 minutes, and I was pulling my hair out. And you know, I think that's why I'm going bald because I get aggravated at restaurants and stuff. I mean, it's we like that convenience. And let's just face it, health, unhealthy food tastes better, doesn't it? It just tastes better. 
I mean, I'd rather drink soda than water any day. I mean, let's just admit it. These things taste better. And the truth is, our culture today is addicted to everything that's quick and convenient. We want everything cheap, and we want it now. You know, we've got uh, we've got all these people today. They're wanting you know they're wanting to raise the minimum wage. You know, these fast food restaurant workers. They've been they've been going on strike. And I believe I I know what the answer to this is. I'm going to share it with you in a little bit. I think I know how to solve this minimum wage problem. And I'm going to tell you right now, I I am not a big government person one bit. I think the federal government, they get involved in way too much stuff. I do not think Obama needs to pass, you know, something, make a minimum wage go up. I don't think, I don't even really think our state should do it. However, I do think it's a shame what some of these people get paid. I will, I will admit that. But we'll solve that problem here in a little bit. But the truth is, we do. We want everything cheap. We want it. We want it quick. And you know, quick and convenient. It's okay for some things. You know, I'm glad we have faster cell phones. You know, it's nice what you're able to do on a cell phone. I mean, my phone, it's got a GPS on it. I can find where I need to go on it. If I need to look up something, try to find a restaurant, or a store. I mean, I, I've got a thing in my phone. I can push a voice talk, and I can just. You know, Brother Garmin, you told me about that Pole Hills place over in Milledgeville. And all I did on there, I pushed this thing on my phone. I said, Pole Hills, Milledgeville, Illinois. Man, thing came up for it. Just, just like that. And I was able to get the phone number for the place called up. That, that simple. You know, that's okay for stuff like that. I'm glad we have faster phones. I'm glad we have faster computers, cars. But there are some things we should just not sacrifice on the altar of convenience. And let me tell you, in America, we've definitely sacrificed our health on the altar of convenience. Alright? Like I said, I'm, I'm not picking anybody. Listen, I'm the same way. I drink more soda than a person my size. You know, I probably drink as much in one day as a person my size should drink in a week. I, I, I know I'm able to get away with it. I have a you know, physical job where I'm able to burn the calories, I guess. But it's going to catch up with me one of these days if I'm not careful. I like junk food, but you know, I'm not here today to talk about our health. But let's just admit it, we have sacrificed our health. I mean, we've got kids trying to sue McDonald's today and doing it successfully, by the way, because they got enticed into getting obese because of those cheap, pathetic Happy Meal toys. <laughs> I laugh. Every time I laugh, I start coughing that they put in there. I mean, just ridiculous. But you know what? There are, there are some things that I believe are being sacrificed on the altar of convenience in churches today. And I believe that it is a shame and we need to stay away from it. And I want to talk to you about fast food churches because that's pretty much what a lot of churches are like today. And I don't want this to be a fast food church. I really don't. We, I want this church to be the best kind of church. But there are some things that we need to understand, things that we just cannot be willing to sacrifice and not willing to give up. The first thing, I believe it's being sacrificed on the altar of convenience is the gospel itself. The gospel itself, we have watered it down. First John chapter 2 verse 21 says, I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. 
This blows my mind. But did you know it is not uncommon anymore? If you were to go to the majority of denominations that are out there, you will not be able to get those the preachers behind those pulpits to admit and to come out strong that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Jesus Christ is the Gospel. Jesus Christ, He is the way, the truth, and the life. And the Bible says that anyone who denies that is Antichrist. Is Antichrist. But you know what? People have said, you know, we can reach more people if we're not a part of a denomination. But you know what? Every time you try to get rid of the denomination, compromise of doctrine always comes next. Every time. It always comes right after that. Why? Well, we can get more people. Well, I don't, we, don't want to, we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to upset anybody. Listen, we, we cannot... We're not supposed to change the Word of God. We cannot sacrifice the Gospel. We have got to tell the truth about it. And Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. I've had people tell me about their churches that they go to. Where I mean, their church, it's, it's a great church. This church, we let people of all faiths and all beliefs come in. You can be a Muslim. You can be a Hindu. And let me tell you something. I'll welcome a Muslim or a Hindu to come into one of our services anytime they want. Anybody's welcome to come to the service. But you know what they're going to hear here? Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. And you know what? If they don't believe that, they're not going to want to stay around here very long. They're not going to want to. Why? If somebody denies that He is the Christ, the Bible says they're Antichrist. An Antichrist shouldn't feel comfortable in this church that preaches Jesus Christ but these places, they will not do that. I had a guy here in town. You know, he he was giving me this speech that he gives all the time, and he talks about how he believes in a higher power that he chooses to call Jesus. And it's like you don't get to pick the name of the higher power. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Ah, oh, you you know, I picked Jesus. You know. I'm white. I'm an American. You know that's who most of us believe in. But if somebody's, you know, if somebody's another skin color from another nationality, if they want to pick another god, that's fine too. No, Jesus Christ, only way to heaven. And let me tell you, fewer and fewer places will tell you that. Why? Well, we want to make sure we can. We will include everybody. Listen, who cares if we get everybody in town in our church if we don't tell them how to get to heaven? Nobody's going to get to heaven just through our church. You only get to heaven through Jesus Christ. And we cannot sacrifice the Gospel on the altar of convenience. Well, we want to reach a bigger crowd. You know, that's what restaurants do. That's why they offer all these different things. They want to get in as many people as they can. And you know what? That's fine for a restaurant. But for church, we are not going to sacrifice truth. Listen, restaurants, they'll sacrifice food quality in a heartbeat. If one figures out how to do something a little faster... And people are going to that restaurant because of it. They're going to start doing it too. I mean, anybody notice a while back when Burger King started doing all the, uh, you know, like the what do they call those things, the frappes and stuff like McDonald's had a lot of the same desserts McDonald's was using that was getting a lot of customers. Burger King started doing the same thing. Well, you know, that's just business. That's fine as far as that goes. But you know, churches do the same thing too all the time. Hey, that church started stopped making a big deal about Jesus. They got more people coming to their church now. You know what? Let's do the same thing. No, we're not going to do that. We are not going to do that. We're going to stick to the truth. Many people also another thing that's been sacrificed in the altar of convenience is the Bible itself. I preached a message not too long ago about it. I'm not going to preach it again. But you know, we've sacrificed inspiration 
and in inerrancy, just so it'll be a little easier to read? I don't believe we're supposed to do that. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. By every word. Every word's important. The Bible says, you know, every jot and tittle, and no wise would pass through the law till all be fulfilled. Every bit of the Bible is important. Why would we take a Bible that leaves some stuff out just because maybe some words in it are easy to read? I don't believe that's what we're supposed to do, but many churches have done that. And as a result, people are very confused about doctrine now. Listen, there's there's a lot of key verses that have been removed from some of these. We went over those last time I preached on that. I'm not going to do it again. But I'm telling you right now, we cannot sacrifice those things. We want... Uh, we want the best. I mean, we want the real thing. We we're always sacrificing stuff for imitations. I mean, even now in soda, okay. Like I said I, I'm a big soda drinker. I didn't even realize this until they started selling it. Now, now you can go buy Pepsi's and stuff made with real sugar. Okay, like apparently you used to be able to do it with real sugar, but somebody figured out something else. And I don't know if it t- tastes better. I don't know if it was cheaper. But apparently, it hasn't been real sugar I've been drinking all this time. I didn't know. It's fake. It's phony. And you know what? I'm just going to guess that it's probably not as good for you either. I'm going to guess it's probably not as healthy. A lot of this uh, you know, NutraSweet stuff they use and all these artificial sweeteners and things. Not all, I mean, those things are terrible for people as far as health, as far as health goes. But a lot of stuff is cheaper. You know, I don't know that much about health. You know, all the high fructose corn syrup. We've got all the, you know, GMO stuff out there. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. Why? Because it's cheaper. Because it's easier. And extent. And now, it's, and it's caused a lot of health problems. I mean, there's some pretty crazy stuff going on in people's health today. That I know it's a, it's a, a lot of it's a direct result of our food. And you know what? There's some crazy stuff going on spiritually in churches today. And I believe it's because of some of the substitutes and because of some of the counterfeits that we have brought into the church. We cannot do that. We want the real thing. We're not, we're not, going, to sac- we're not going to sacrifice these things in the altar of convenience. But another thing also that I believe that we've done in churches today that's really hurt us. Now back to this minimum wage thing. I, I do think... you know. It's, can you imagine trying to, like me for example, right? I've got six kids. If I was like, you know, I decide to start a career working at McDonald's. And I, you know, I go, and I'm making, I don't know, what's the minimum wage now? Seven something an hour? I mean, that's not going to be easy. You can't support a family on that. You, can't, you cannot do that. It, I mean, some of these people too, they work hard, and it, it is, it's a shame. What those people are getting paid, I'll be the first one to admit it. But really, what should we do about that? What should we do? I mean, if you believe the minimum wage should be raised, or if you believe that those workers should get paid more, what should you do about it? Because here's the thing: what's going to happen if they raise the minimum wage? Let's just say they raise it to ten dollars an hour. But you have ten. That you can't even live on ten dollars. Let's raise it to fifteen dollars an hour. They deserve it. Everyone deserves at least that. What's going to happen if we do that? If McDonald's is now almost doubling what they're paying their workers, what's going to happen? Prices are going to go up. 
the prices are going to skyrocket. All right, and now let's let's just say we've got two people in here. All right, let's say we got me, and I make. Uh, let's say I make a hundred dollars a week. I'm, I'm going to do small round numbers, just to make the math easier. I make a hundred dollars a week, and Brother Lonnie he makes a thousand dollars a week. Okay, all right, round numbers. And let's say now we both need to eat probably about the same amount, don't we? Okay, but let's say Brother Lonnie, okay, he's making a thousand a week. If a meal or a sandwich that was on the dollar menu before, that's only what, one-tenth of a percent of his weekly salary? Okay, that's not that big of a deal. But for me, it's one percent, isn't it? Who gets... I mean, that that raise in the price, who's that going to hurt more? It hurts those not making much the most. The rich people, they can handle the increase. When they, when they raise minimum wage, it always hurts the people on the bottom of the pay scale the worst. It's very difficult for them. So what should they do? What should we what should we do? All right, well we don't want them to raise minimum wage, but we these people deserve more. Well, really what needs really I think the only thing that there is to do. What I would love to see happen because the truth is, if I decided I was going to open up a McDonald's and I thought, "You know what? I'm going to treat my workers right. I'm going to set the example and I'm going to pay my workers $15 an hour." Well, first of all, like I said my mine's going to cost more. And I wouldn't even be allowed to. Because to be a part of that franchise and things, there's certain guidelines and things that you've got to follow. And if I was paying my workers that much and it was doing good and successful, guess what all the other McDonald's employees are going to start doing? Hey, how come they can do it over there in Rock Falls and we can't do it here? They're all going to start whining and complaining. And the, and the corporation, they're not going to want to deal with that. They're not going to want to have that. But I believe needs to happen is I believe things like that should be local. And if one place set the example, say, you know what, we are going to treat our workers right. It's going to cost a little more for everybody, but we're going to do it right. And then the people in that community need to say, you know what, that's the business we're going to support. Yeah, it's going to cost us a little more, but these other places, it's terrible what they're doing to people. We're not going to go there. And you know what those other places then would have to do? Well, they're going to have to start doing the right thing. But it all comes down to the consumer. And let's just admit it, most people aren't going to do that. They're still going to go to the cheaper place. And you know, we've created you know, we've created this own monster. I know that's you know, that's an almost impossible solution, but I believe it is it is what's right. If some if one place would set the example. And I believe in churches today, churches have also hurt themselves simply because with the staff that they have. To have the right kind of church staff and the right kind of pastors, it's not a cheap thing. Okay, well, you know, these workers that they get there, they're terrible. They can't even figure out no cheese. Well, here's the thing. If you're a college graduate, if you got a doctor's degree, are you going to want to go get paid that much money? Not me. I'm not, I'm not going to want to do that. But they want to pay almost nothing, so they're not going to get college professors over there. It's not going to happen with what they're offering. And churches today, they want to have you know great pastors and great church staff, but they don't want to pay them anything. And that's not biblical at all. I believe today what's happening in churches, we've put people in positions where they're not qualified and they're in over their head. 
Go to 1 Timothy chapter 3. There's qualifications that God gave for a pastor. It uses the term bishop here in 1 Timothy chapter 3, but it's talking about a pastor. It says, This is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth the good work. Hey, you know, we'd all like to make a lot of money in here. Hey, I'd like to make as much as a surgeon, you know, brain surgeon makes. Now, I want to be a brain surgeon. I should get that job because I'm a nice person. I just I deserve to make that kind of money. Alright. Listen, for you to be a brain surgeon, there's hopefully there's some qualifications, right? That you've done some schooling, that you know a few things, that you've proved yourself a few times, and there's supposed to be qualifications for the office of a bishop. A bishop then must be blameless. The husband of one wife. Vigilant, sober, of good behavior. Given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, a filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, was being lifted up with pride he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Right there, qualifications. Let me tell you something right now. If you all see me, you know, I'm out at the bars getting in fights on Saturday nights. I should get fired. I have no business pastoring this church. If my kids are just completely out of control, they don't listen to me. My house is just out of control. I mean, I, I, I'm not ruling my own house well. I mean, the, you know, I'm getting foreclosed on. The bank's coming and taking everything I have. Do you think I ought to be, if I can't even handle my own finances, do you think I ought to be running the finances around the church? If I can't take care of my family, should I be taking care of the church of God? If I'm a novice, if I don't hardly know anything about the Bible, you know, you all ask me questions all the time. Uh, I don't really know. I'm not able to give you. I'm not, I don't know the scriptures. Shouldn't be pastoring. And let me tell you something. Today. There are people pastoring churches that I'm not trying to be mean, but they do not fit these qualifications. Do not. I mean, the Bible says to have a good report of them which are without. Have a good testimony among the lost people. Listen, if you go and you meet somebody, you meet some people that I work with. Maybe at the Walmart distribution center. I work there part time. And you know some of those people, and they're always talking about just how wicked I am there. I mean, I'm I'm out there, you know, cussing and swearing with all the rest of them. I mean, I'm dishonest. I steal, you know, I steal from work. I'm doing all these things. If that's my testimony, how does that make the church look? That makes the whole church look bad, doesn't it? I have no business pastoring this church. But you know what? Unfortunately, today it's getting harder and harder to find people that fit these qualifications. And churches today are just like, no, this this is the best we can get. And I believe one of the reasons they're not able to get a lot of these people, they don't want to take care of them. They don't want to do their part. You know, churches, they used to be involved in so many more things. Uh, There were so many more ministries that used to be a part of the church that now churches just can't afford anymore. Why? They don't have the manpower. They don't. They don't have the money. And let me tell you something. To have a good church, it's expensive. 
It's it's not a cheap thing. And pastors aren't cheap. Okay? Go look in first Corinthians chapter nine. First Corinthians chapter nine. One of the reasons a lot of times that some of these places the workers just aren't that good is because of what they what they offer these people. So you know, say, well, you know, everybody deserves this much an hour. Let me tell you, I've worked with some people before that were absolutely worthless. That you'd have had to pay pay me by the hour to have these people on the job because they were that worthless. I've known I've known some people like that. Look at First Corinthians chapter nine. It says, "Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you." For the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. Mine answer to them that do examine me is this, Have we not power to eat and to drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister or wife as well as other apostles and as the brethren of our Lord and Cephas? Or I only and Barnabas, have we not power to forbear working? You know, Paul started this church here in Corinth. He's said, listen, I've been doing the work. We have the right. We have the power to have a family to eat and drink. We have the right to do those things. And then verse 7 says, Who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges? You know, when we our soldiers join the military, do we tell them, alright, we're going to send you over to you know Afghanistan to fight. Oh, by the way, you have to pay for your plane ticket. Oh, and by the way, you've got to buy your gun. You've got to buy your uniform. Uh, you've got to pay for your food. And in the meantime, you know, we want you to fight for our country. And oh, by the way, we know those things are going to cost money, so you're going to have to work a job at the same time too. How many soldiers do you think we're going to have to do that? Listen, they're they're fighting on on behalf of us, okay? And I do think that is something that the taxpayers should take care of. I hate to admit that on anything, but yeah, there are some things we should pay taxes for, and I believe that's one of them. And then he says. Uh, who planteth a vineyard and eateth not the fruit thereof, or who feedeth a flock and eateth not uh, the milk of the flock? About the coffee. Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law? <coughs> Here it comes. The same also. And then he goes and he quotes an Old Testament law, for it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox, or muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Does God take care for oxen? Or say to you all together, for our sakes. They had a practice and if you were working in the field and you had an ox, you weren't supposed to put something over his mouth to stop him from eating of the food. If that ox is out in that field working and there's food there, you let him eat some of it. He's doing the work. That's an ox. And in a church, it's the same thing. We have a church here and said... You know, Pat, I'm trying to do the work, trying to build something, trying to get something going. And you know what? A pastor does have a right to get a paycheck. That is absolutely biblical. And I'm not rebuking you all here. I know, uh, you know we're, we're putting this into practice and we're doing what we can. And as we grow, uh, hopefully pretty soon, I won't have to work one of those other jobs anymore. Because here's the thing. Hopefully you all want to have the best pastor possible. And did you know a full-time pastor is better than a part-time pastor? That's just the way it is. Uh, I mean, there's... I, you know, I, I do the best I can uh, on things, but you know what? There, it would be easier. Uh, there would be more that I, 
Man, I'm having an attack right now. Sorry, folks. It would be a lot more I'd be able to do if I didn't have to worry about some of those other things. You know, the Bible talks about the elders that rule well. Let them be worthy of double honor. You know, a pastor and their family you know, shouldn't be starving to death. Okay, we're not. We're fine. I might act like I'm dying right now, but that has nothing to do with has nothing to do with what I'm getting paid. Okay? This would have been a good time to do a sympathy message, you know, with the way I'm feeling and the coughing and everything today. But it's in the, it's right here in the Bible. It explains it. And you know what? Many churches today they have they've sacrificed that. You know, we'll just we'll get the part time guy. And listen, if that's the best you can do, that's fine. But you know what? It ought to always be the goal to be be the best possible. And we want to have the full time guy because we want our church to go as far as possible. We want him to be the best pastor he possibly can be. And many churches today they've asked pastors to pastor the church and do everything that goes with being a pastor for almost nothing. And I'm telling you right now, you can try doing that, but you're going to get some goofballs. I was just over at a church the other day. I was out there for work reasons, and I was horrified when I met the pastor at this place. I was horrified. The guy showed up I knew was going to be the pastor and he comes out. He was wearing a Kiss t-shirt. Kiss the rock group. I'm like, please tell me that's not the pastor. He was the pastor. I was like, come on. I hope he's not a fan of that group. Maybe he was just so poor that was the only shirt he could afford to get. Maybe he got it at a garage sale or something. He needed to be clothed. I, I don't know. But I thought, good night. You know, I, that a pastor ought to have Better taste in music than that. And better taste in clothes. I've seen some pastors before that just wicked. Sometimes too, they add all the outward stuff down, but you know, they didn't I mean, morally behind closed doors, they were just wicked. I'm telling you, you ought to have a high standard for who your pastor is. You ought to expect somebody that knows the word of God, somebody that has a testimony that hey. If they don't follow, right there, the Bible says if a man desire the office of a bishop, okay, it's one thing to desire, but you better be qualified. So he says a bishop must be, and he names them off. If they don't qualify, shouldn't do it. And let me tell you today, there's people all over doing jobs. I remember when I was doing the home preservation, there was a couple times they asked me to do plumbing stuff, and I told them, I'm not a plumber. I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to plumbing. Like, well, you're the only one. You've got to do this. I don't know what I'm doing. I am not qualified to be a plumber. But you've got to do it. I did the best I could. And let me tell you something. I highly doubt that work I did lasted. You know why? Because I wasn't qualified. But you know what? You know what I got paid for that? They got what they paid for. Because let me tell you, I've seen what real plumbers cost. They are expensive. And let me tell you, I didn't get paid that. And you know what? They got about the level of service that they paid for. I'm sorry to say, don't ever ask me to do your plumbing. You'll be very disappointed. But I believe we do. We we need to make sure that you have a high standard of those things. But you got to be willing to pay for it. He said, we gave that example of a restaurant. 
It would be expensive. A good church is expensive. We cannot sacrifice these things. Lastly, we've sacrificed another thing we've sacrificed in the altar convenience is the church members themselves. Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five, verse one through eight. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and gave himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saint's. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that nor whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. He goes on, he gives these examples. Listen, these days, when it comes to churches, they will literally let anybody join. You don't have to be saved. You don't have to be baptized. I mean, you can just be a flat-out reprobate and they'll take you. And listen, we're not, we're, it's not that we're trying to exclude people, but we, we have a truth that we're supposed to stand for here. And there are certain standards that the Bible sets says there's something that should not be once named among you. Paul gives an example in 1 Corinthians. There was a man that was among them. There was a man in their church that had married his stepmother. He took his father's his father's wife. He said that's not even named among the Gentiles, and he rebuked them for not removing him from the church. I don't know why they didn't throw him out. I don't know if they were maybe he had connections in the church. They were afraid a lot of other people would go with him. But that was wrong for them to do that. There, we should expect a certain standard. I've I've known some people in some churches. I mean, just that they they give the whole church a bad name. With work, there was another church. Uh, one time, I remember I called and I, uh, we were doing some work for him. And I was talking to one of the fellows and he was one of the heads in the trustee board or whatever. And he didn't know I was a pastor or anything. He, you know, but he knew I worked with this company. And he was explaining to me, and he's using vile language. And I'm just like, I'm thinking, okay, and you're one of the leaders in the church. And I know your average person, and, you know, they're not offended by that. He didn't, if he didn't know he was talking to a pastor, he'd have probably talked a little different. But he thought he was just talking to a concrete person. And he's using all this vile language. And I'm thinking, leader in the church? With that kind of mouth? What a horrible testimony that is. That guy should be one of the leaders in the church. I think he probably needs to get saved. That kind of, Bible says that should not even be once named among you. Well, I'm not doing it. Yeah, but so-and-so in the church is giving the church a bad name. That we should not be okay with that. Listen, we're not going to go around spying on everybody and seeing what they're doing. But if you, so if somebody's living in open sin, we're not supposed to put up with that. We're not supposed to just let that go. We have an example that we need to set. We're supposed to be a light to the world. But you know what people said? These uh, no, no. Who are we? Who are we to judge? It's not judging. Okay, we. The judgment's already been made by God. He gave us the rules. He laid it out in the Scripture. But, oh, well, if we do that, we're going to have to kick everybody out of the church. I doubt it. But you know what? Even if we did, it's better off. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in His name. He's there in the midst. And you know what? I'd rather have three people here and God with us than 300 people and God nowhere present. And if we're not following His Word, He's not going to show up. And he's the one that we need to be here. And I and I I believe 
And one of the things that is just killing our churches today is we have just gotten too lazy when it comes to church. We don't want to put the time in. I mean, it's like we might as well just have drive-through churches. You know what? We could probably make some money if we do that here. It's like, all right, folks, you want church? Just drive up to the window. I'm just going to give you a few thoughts, give you a couple verses. Just leave your offering and then go. Five minutes. All it'll take. Boy, we could probably get something really big going if we did that. We'd probably get a lot more members. Drive through church. Well, that's another great idea. I had the tailgating idea last week right in the service. Drive through church. Let's get that going. We'll really make the money. But is that what God wants? No, we need to put the time into it. We've got to put the effort into it. We've got to put the, I mean, put the finances into it. So we, you know, alright, I'm not going to start that restaurant that I talked about because I know it's not going to make any money. And you know what? I'm not real worried about that because that's food. That's restaurants. That's not that important. I'll probably eat at McDonald's three times this week. I mean, I, who knows? But the truth is, when it comes to the Word of God, we don't need to be offering polluted bread on the altar. We don't need to be giving God the lame and the blind. We need to be giving God the best we have. And if we're going to have the best kind of church, the right kind of church, then we're going to need, we can't sacrifice these things for convenience. We're going to put in the time. We're going to put in the money. We're going to put in the effort. So let's all stand together. Heads bowed and eyes closed this morning.